Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal. And I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? Good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm a little better now that I've had 15 or 20 minutes to cool off after that disappointing hockey game where the Oilers at least managed to get one point out of it. But uh, uh, they had plenty of chances to uh, come away with the maximum, and uh, they were not able to do that. It was a tough game, Bruce. I think, uh, let me just go back and check this here. We have Edmonton with 19 grade A shots and mm-hmm. Ottawa with 13. Okay. So Edmonton, all kinds of chances to score, uh-huh. and they only got two past Matt Murray. I think he stole the game. Yeah. He was clearly the better of the two goalies tonight. Miko Koskinen had a lot of big saves. He did. But... I, I found him lacking, honestly, on the first goal and the last goal. And those are two pretty big goals in any game. So uh, he's not our, he's not either of our bad things tonight because I think he did he did make a lot of great saves, especially in the second period and, and in overtime. But that last one, ah, frustrating goal to see to see go in, I guess, kind of a tight angle shot. And, um, you know, it found its way in a hell of a shot, obviously, but I was frustrated by that. Bruce, this is our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast. So let's get rolling here. Your good thing tonight. You got a hockey game to go to, eh? Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the, the with the play that got the one point, the uh, most important goal in hockey, the game tying goal, which the Oilers always seem to need because they always seem to be behind in these games. Anyway, tonight they got it with a very nice uh, uh, execution on what looked to be a. Uh, two-on-one with Zach Hyman and Derek Ryan, who got promoted uh, into what had been Zach Cassian's spot on the uh, second line, or third line, I guess, with Nuge and Hyman. And uh, Hyman passed the puck to, uh, coming over the blue line, passed the puck to uh, Ryan down low in the slot. And Ryan had no angle, but he somehow saw a charging Darnell Nurse coming up the middle of the ice and, and pulled the puck back right into the slot perfectly right onto uh, uh, Nurse's tape, and he just rifled it home from uh, from close range. And I particularly like to single out Derek Ryan. What a beautiful pass that was. And a night where the Oilers did not make many beautiful passes and did not execute well in the in the slot. But uh, Ryan executed there, and it meant the goal, and it meant the point, with the chance at the second point that tonight they were not able to uh, convert. I'll go with uh, Leon Dreisaitl on the attack. Mm-hmm. He had a fairly high event night, I think it's fair yeah. to say. Yeah. He was... He, I'll say. Caused a couple, at least one breakaway and maybe an overtime. I mean, that was that's a tougher situation in three-on-three. Three. Like to blame anyone for a breakaway on a three-on-three three situation is, you know, it's it, that's a bit iffy. But he did one at even strength earlier in the game. That said, on the attack, he was fantastic. And he was unlucky not to put up multiple points tonight's game. He had eight major contributions at even strength and one on the power play to grade A shots. Um, in the first period, he made a fantastic pass to set up Pugliarvi. Um, in the second period, CC uh, sends him in and he makes a great rush in on net. He kind of lost the handle at the last second there a little bit and was unable to score. Yeah. In the third period, uh, 
he just he just kind of took over the game a little bit in the in early stages of the, of the third period. And uh, there was one play uh, just after the Oilers' power play. He'd been out there for some time. And he rushes up the ice, does a button hook, and sets up um, sets up uh, Evander Kane for just a fab- fabulous chance. And Kane's unable to score. I mean, it, he got off a good shot, and then he got a good rebound uh, shot as well. And then just a, sh- a moment later, a uh, short time later, he does the same, setting up Ryan McLeod for another great slot shot. So um, when we move to overtime, um, Duncan Keith sent him in, dry, dry sidle in. Again, he's in in overtime. He almost scores. Uh, and um, a moment later, McDavid uh, sends dry sidle in. You know, I think there's about a minute and a half left, and he sends dry sidle in. He, and it's just like you're just expecting him to score. And he doesn't. He's not able to beat Matt Murray. And there's a rebound shot there as well that he's not able to beat Matt Murray on. So he's just he's just in the middle of all kinds of absolutely five alarm chances at net and no puck luck for Leon Dreisaitl tonight, unfortunately. What's your bad thing, Bruce? My bad thing is Oilers execution. I thought it was just way off in this game. And the closer they got to the Ottawa net, it seemed like the worse the execution got. They would be bobbling pucks. They'd miss uh, passes. Uh, they would miss the net on uh, uh, what seemed like good chances. Or they'd hit the net by hitting Matt Murray right on the crest, which uh, by the end of the game, I was thinking his crest must be four by six feet because that's what they keep on hitting when they do hit the net. And just bobbling, bobbling, bobbling of the puck. You mentioned how Leon had that breakaway and he, you know, he puck jumped on or whatever, and he wound up having to sort of one hand a weak shot in on net rather than take the shot that he wanted. And Connor McDavid, my goodness, I don't know how many times he lost control of the puck tonight, but it was a lot. Yeah. And he did score one goal, and the one goal he did score was the one time he just said, oh, the hell with it, I'm just going to let it rip. And he fired a shot and found a hole in Matt Murray and went through. But every time he tried to stick handle, which was pretty much every other time, it seemed like he would just bobble the puck or he wouldn't cooperate with him or it just wasn't clicking. And when the man with the fastest hands in the league isn't getting the puck to, to uh, uh, pay attention to him, well, the rest of the team was going to have a lot of trouble too. And they they did. And I mean, they got 39 shots. They had all these scoring chances that you mentioned. I just thought this game was there for the taking with a little bit of uh, of uh, uh, cold-blooded finishing uh, in the slot and around the net and, and uh, uh, you know, bearing down and, you know, just getting the job done. It just left me thinking they left points on the table by by not finishing plays that were there to be finished. They sure did, Bruce. You get 19 grade-A shots and you don't convert on them. You just score two goals. I mean, you should have four or five goals. They should have yeah. had four or five goals. And it's, yeah. maybe Matt Murray's was out of this world good. Or maybe I didn't just, think he was. I don't think he was. I, yeah, I don't remember like any sort of brilliant save that he made where he yeah. said, geez, he just stole a goal off of whoever, you know. And I mean, he's, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, Costin actually had a couple more of those than Murray yeah. did, but maybe because Murray is just a better positional goalie or whatever. But uh, it just left me frustrated that they just couldn't ever seem to make that play. I mean, there was one classic play. Man, Cassian. He comes in two-on-one with uh, with um, 
Uh, Hyman, two on one. The pass is there if he makes it right away. Well, he, Cassian being Cassian, he freezes and he doesn't make the pass. And somehow he sort of floats right into the slot or he's right in front of the net with, with the, and, and still he's there and nobody's challenged him and he's got a perfect shooting lane from basically between the circles. Then he decides to pass it, whether it was Hyman or some other guy on the boards, like right from the slot. And just t t opportunity totally wasted twice. Failed to make the pass, failed to take the shot, did nothing. Just drive you nuts. So I think uh, I'm going to get at one of the reasons I think they didn't score tonight. How many power plays did they have, Bruce? Three? Three over. Okay. So this is some people might think this is a pick a yoon complaint, not mm -hmm. a big deal. But it really bothered me, and um, and it bothered me more as the game went along. Mm -hmm. So they get a power play, first power play of the game, and they send out a Vander Kane on the top unit. Mm -hmm. Zach Hyman and Yessa Puliarvi have not been slouches in that role. They have been playing really well, and I know you know Puliarvi hasn't scored much, but Hyman's been scoring. He he put he had a good comeback game last game. Um, they're both fantastic screeners of the goalie. And the new guy comes to town and suddenly he's taken their job. That, that bothered me. You know, I, like you can say, well, good for the coach for being flexible enough to play the clearly superior goal scorer. I mean, Kane over his career has been a superior goal scorer to either Hyman or Pugliarvi. You could make that argument. You know, the coach isn't, you know, stuck, you know, he's He doesn't have to earn his job. He doesn't have to, uh, but how about earning his job? I mean, I would have been, I would, have, I, I would have, hoping to see with Kane, you know, a, a player with Kane's record on teams, you know, to come in here, and earn it. He got put on the top line with McDavid. Isn't that enough of a plum? Does he have to be on the power play? So that bothered me a bit, and I probably wouldn't have mentioned it. Definitely wouldn't have mentioned my peak if Evander Kane had scored. Of course, um, oh. Tippett would have been proven right. But here's what I saw of him on the on the power play he's he wasn't screening the goalie the, the like you have Puliyarvi and Hyman they screen the goalie and when the owners were setting up to shoot Kane was doing the old Milan Lucic that used to drive me crazy this great big guy Lucic and he'd be at the side of the net trying to tip the puck you know not getting in the eyes of the goalie not screening of the goalie but looking for that, that tip shot I <laughs> Maybe Kane's really good at that and will score a lot more tip goals than Milan Lucic. But I just thought Lucic was a failure on the power play because of that in Edmonton. I never liked him there. And I didn't think he did his job. And Kane gets out there and he does exactly the same thing. You know, there was that great shot that McDavid took off the crossbar. And Kane was looking for the tip on that one. There was a number of shots early on where he's looking for the tip. And I'm just thinking, what? Like, is this how is this how it's going to be? And then they, you know, they did put Hyman out there for the last one. So um, I just didn't like that. I didn't like it. Uh, I didn't like the coach's decision. And then I didn't like Kane's execution. And and it makes me wonder if he is the right guy to have on the power play. Like maybe they should just continue to go with Puliyarvi and Hyman. I've liked their play. I think they've been really strong there. So go ahead. Puliyarvi got 35 seconds on the power play tonight. 35 seconds. Zach Casting got 53 seconds. And, uh, uh, Ryan McLeod got a minute and five, so yes, I didn't even get much time on the second unit, let alone the first. 
and he's been uh, uh, fairly successful there. That said, the power play has been uh, uh, pretty gone pretty dry for quite a long time now. To to uh, put a yeah. play. And Bruce Ottawa got a power play goal. The Oilers didn't. Yep. Like, here we go again. That was the difference. That's one way to look at the game, that they lost on special teams. I got a number for you on that. This isn't my number. But in the last 12 games, Edmonton scored three goals on special teams and allowed 14. And in those 12 games, they've been outscored on special teams in 10 of the 12 games, broke even in one, and actually came out ahead in one game. The one game Bouchard got the two power play goals. And since then, it's just right back into their O for their last 11 on the power play. And it's just, I don't know what's, I mean, this was a world-class power play. It's number one in the league two years in a row that was completely pouring them in earlier this year. And I don't know what's happened. Like, well, the first power play hurt. tonight was so brutal. Yeah. They never did anything. Like, you got to take, you know, we're only going to get two or three chances for, for the game. You know, make them count. Yep, you know. Raise your urgency level. Anyway, it's a problem. Yeah. And Dave Tippett, you know, special teams wizard Dave Tippett, his special teams are getting crushed. And uh, rec- recently they've been able to get around that and find ways to win games without ever leaving them, in fact. But uh, tonight, that difference of that power play goal, Ottawa went one for two, Edmonton went 0 for three. So you can't say, well, the refs didn't give them any chances. So I'm frustrated tonight. You can probably tell. Ottawa yeah. swept the season series. One year after Edmonton swept the season series, Ottawa swept the season series. Two games in two weeks. Where? Well, good thing we're not playing them ten games. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> Bruce, what's your number? Uh, my number is 25. And this is now the number of consecutive games where the Oilers have given up at least two goals. Last time they held a team to one goal was way back on November 18th. There was a total lunar eclipse, you might remember it. Uh, it was a long time ago, right? Yeah, like two and a half uh, months ago. And mm-hmm. all that time since then, uh, not once have they held a team under two goals. Uh, that night they beat Winnipeg 2-1 in the shootout, and Stuart Skinner made like 46 saves, and that was how they managed to do it. Uh, but this team, I mean... Several times lately, they've, you know, 2-2 two, two and gone to overtime. So they're holding other teams to two now, which is way better. But they're not shutting anybody down. And Ottawa had plenty of good chances tonight. And, you know, the two goals that they got in regulation were, uh, you know, given the quality of their chances, you can't really put all of it on the on the goaltending. But the Oilers as a team, they, they don't suppress enough goals to to, uh, uh, I think, take it to the next level in terms of being able to compete for uh, 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 playoffs and so on. You got you know, you got to be good at the defensive side of the game. 25 games in a row? Hmm. So, no shutouts all year and just three games all year where the other team got one goal and two of those were in the first seven games. My number has to do with Pulley ARV Bruce. He hasn't scored since December 16th when he scored two against Columbus. That's, by my count, 13 games without a goal. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was looking, like they he, they took him off the power play. Um, I was looking if there's been a 
drop in his grade A shots. He he does have nine uh, grade A shots on the power play in those um, thirteen in those thirteen games, and in the first I don't know how many other he's I think he's played thirty eight, so twenty five games. He had sixteen grade A shots on the power play. Oh, excuse me, I'm not looking at shots. I was looking those are contributions to major chances. So he's still contributing as much as ever with his screening on the power play um, in both right. situations. He, he's getting it done in both situations very well uh, on the power play. So that's not any uh, reason to take him off there. His screens are uh, in battles one and passing on the power play is exemplary, has been all year. But he's getting lots of chances at even strength. He was set up by dry settle early in the game tonight. And there's lots of chances where he's set up in similar kind of plays, right in tight. Um, he's got more Willie Lindstrom hands than Yari Curry hands by the looks of things, Bruce, is what I'm going to say. Which And Willie Lindstrom <laughs> was a decent goal scorer, but he was never an elite one. And, he, you know, maybe Pugliarvi will, um, he's a great big guy. He can still develop the scoring touch. Starting to wonder, though, like where he's going to fit in, in in that realm. It's been a while. Um, he's never been a great goal scorer at the NHL level yet. He hasn't developed it yet. He's he's a very good player. Mm-hmm. But, um, man, he's getting a lot. He is, I think, still getting lots of chances. And, uh, not I, a great not chance able. tonight, 30 seconds into the game. That's what I'm saying. Dry subtle yeah. set him up there. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, let me just see 13. It's 11, 11 games for him, 13 for the team. He scored uh, against um, Columbus. Twice. Uh, he scored two goal power play goals in the first period in that game where they, they, they hadn't scored first for a while, breaking. And they got a two-man power play on the same play. And Yessa went out on the power play, and he he pumped them both uh, both in five on three, and again five on four, and then he got COVID in Seattle, and he got uh, he couldn't play that game, and he couldn't play the game after the break because it was still on the ten day, uh, uh, so he didn't come back till New Year's Eve, and since then he's played eleven games, and he's had zero points in ten of them. It's not just goals. <sighs> How many goals does he have yet so far this year? Do you recall? I'm just looking it up right now. Uh, yeah. get this. Let's go back to the previous page. He has 10 goals and 15 assists, 25 points in 38 games. Well, after 27 games, he had 10 goals and 13 assists for 23 points. And then since then, that's two points in one game. So in his first 35 games, Bruce, he had 40 grade A shots in total. Mm-hmm. And in his last 13, he's had 16. So there's been no drop off in his rate of grade A shots, even though he's in a scoring slump. He's still getting grade A shots on net. He's had so he's had 56 grade A shots in total. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be about what 14 goals. Um, yeah. If he's scoring at a, you know grade A shots about a 25% shot. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say suggest his shots are from so in close um, that you'd expect a little higher percentage even. So he's, he's, there's some bad puck luck or some, or maybe he's just, you know, not someone who can pick that corner. Um, we'll see. He, he is getting lots of grade A shot, shots. So that's a fair number of them. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe you'll turn it around. We'll see. Fingers crossed. I'd, I'd still put him out on the power play just for his screening alone. Um, and his puck recoveries. Yeah. And his puck recovery. He's, he's a really 
key part of that unit. I think with Nuge there, they'll start to get it together again. We'll, we'll see, you know, as they all get, a few of them are coming off COVID and we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm not despairing about the power play, but, um, and I don't think it needs major changes. So just keep going and, and uh, I don't know. They talked about working harder on the power play a little while yeah. ago. So I don't know if I saw that tonight. Right. But. Well, Bruce, I got to head out here. So um, I just, thanks for talking tonight. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And good luck in your game tonight, David. Thanks, Bruce. I'll need it. <laughs> and in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast. Mm-hmm.